somebody there's nobody like your mother yeah and for all of us well let me say for most of us our mothers were were very was a very special person amen, amen. those that are, are birth mothers those that was have had surrogate mothers and those that have had you know mothers and those that have have functioned in our lives as mothers and people that we could go to even when our mothers were not available and people that really stood in for us in the place and, and really, you know, took over the place of, of being mothers. And I know that's happened in my life as well. And then there's some other people whose the memories and of, of, of their mothers are, are not very special. And that really is sad and it really does tug at my heart when I think about people who don't have the best relationship with their mothers. You know, and many relationships are strained for some for some reason. But through the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Ghost, if that has been the case in your life, I, we're certainly praying for you that the Lord will reconcile and bring you back together. So real mothers are really special people. Amen? Amen. Real mothers would like to be able to eat a whole lot of a candy bar. Yeah. Amen. Uh-huh. All by themselves. And be able to drink a soda all by themselves without any floaters in it. Amen? Minister Mary and Pastor Dora and everybody, huh? Oh, those floaters, I'm telling you, God bless you, huh? Real mothers know that their kitchen utensils are probably going to end up in the sandbox or outside or in the garage or somewhere else. Somewhere. Real mothers often have sticky floors, filthy ovens, and happy kids. And all the mothers said, Amen. Real mothers know that dried Play-Doh and red ice pop syrup don't come out of the carpet. Amen? Hallelujah. Real mothers sometimes ask, Lord, why me? And they get their answer when a little squeaky voice says, because I love you, Mom. That's why. So today is a day, people of God, when we can take time out to honor the one human being who unselfishly gives herself to her children time and time and time again without asking for anything in return. God bless your mothers. So if your life has been blessed or been touched by a godly mother, then you have enjoyed one of the world's greatest treasures and blessings. And I want to talk to you this morning about an honorable mother. Not everyone has enjoyed the great blessings. But those who have will go to their grave remembering the love of their mothers. Mm. So we set aside this one day a year to honor our mothers and the majority of them deserve it. And I'm saying to all of you that truly all of you mothers, those of you ladies, all of you women, you truly are VIPs, very important people in our lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So on this morning, as we go to our text, which is found in the book of Exodus, 
Exodus chapter 2. And when you have the opportunity, we won't go through the whole text, the whole chapter this morning, but we're going to focus on some of those particular verses that are germane and are necessary for us to uh, develop and for us to have a picture of what an honorable mother is. Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. So as we, as you're turning to Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, in this particular passage of scripture, in the text, we are introduced to a woman whose name is Yochebed, Yochebed, Yochebed. And it says here, and there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. So this woman, Yochebed, stands out as one of the greatest mothers that's ever been revealed in all of the pages of Scripture. Her selfless love and her sacrifice made it possible for the exodus of God's people from that place called Egypt, and it literally changed the course of history for all of mankind. And I believe that it would do all of us well this morning uh, if we could look at the life of this great mother. And as we do that, we're going to look at and we're going to find that there are some characteristics that stand as reminders to all of our mothers, teaching them what they should do and be as well. Yet, in this passage about this woman, Yochebed, there are lessons that speak to every person here today, whether you be male or female child, young or old, saved or whomever. God has a word for you this morning, so I want you to join in with me as we look together at Yochebed. And incidentally, the name Yochebed, it means honorable and glorious. Verse 1 of the text. And there went a man, his name was Amron, of the house of Levi, and he took to wife, Yochebed, a daughter of Levi. Yochebed was the wife of Amran, and she was an Israelite, and she was one of God's chosen people. And she was also a member, as the scripture tells us, of the tribe of Levi, from which came the priest and those who would carry out the duties of the tabernacle and later on in the temple for the Israelites. So she and her husband, Amram, were evidently very dedicated and they were, were, were faithful people, they were religious people, and they were willing to defy the order of Pharaoh in all that Pharaoh commanded them to do concerning all of the children, the male children in Israel, and during that time, they were willing to follow after God and keep the commandments of God. Mm. Every mother needs a relationship with the Lord, I believe, people of God. Amen? And may that I say that every child, amen, hallelujah, <laughs> every child deserves a dedicated, sold out, saved, and dedicated mother, amen? Amen. And I just believe in my heart that nothing makes a difference more in anybody's lives or the lives of our children than having good, godly examples in our homes. We've even noticed that with our grandchildren as well. But there's a need for godly fathers too. Amen, fathers? This is not your day, but let me throw that in just to keep you, you know, keep you in the game here as well. 
In fact, everybody in our homes needs to have a relationship with the Lord. And Lord, I thank you for giving us godly mothers and fathers. Amen, people of God. So now while we're on this subject today, let me insert something for you. I want to insert a truth that every person needs the Lord Jesus Christ. More than you need your next breath, people of God, or your next heartbeat, all of us need Jesus and his salvation. It's one of those credentials that you need, people of God, to miss hell and to be able to enter into heaven when you die. Father, forgive me. I meant to say um, H-E double toothpicks, but I got a little excited and carried away in here on this morning. Hallelujah. Yes, okay, all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. It's in the Bible, too, by the way, so amen. Hallelujah. So, Yogi Ben. Amen. Verse 2. And a woman and the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. So Yochebed, man, she was she was a courageous woman. And you can read about that decree that Pharaoh had put out. You can find that here in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 22. Now Yochebed refused to give in to a godless system that would have cost her son his life. You think about that. I think there's something there that we can all learn. There's a teachable moment here for all of us as people of God. We too, in spite of the mores of society, the demands of society, things that are going on in the public school systems and in every part of life, we too have to be mindful that we don't give in to a godless system that would cost any of our children their lives. Amen, people of God. It's a blessing. To be able to have parents who aren't afraid to stake a, take a stand for that which is right in these days. That's a blessing. Mm. Men and women who demand more for their children than the world can give them. We need parents who are willing to say enough is enough. My child is going to learn of the Lord and he's going to or she is going to learn the ways of the Lord. We need people today who will declare what Joshua in chapter, chapter 24, verse 15 said. He said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So we need courageous people in times like this. Amen, somebody. But now to me, it's interesting to note that in our day, that many times you'll find and often young people have more of a heart for God and his business than do their parents. Mm. But it's a blessing when young people live for the Lord. But it's the parents who ought to be the ones that set an example in courage and godliness for all of their children who would be following behind them. Just from practical application and from my own uh, understanding, there are parents who don't demand respect. There are parents who function in a, in a, in a parenting way in their home. Believe the children to raise themselves. I know, you know, sometimes we say, were you raised by wolves? Sometimes it appears that some children have been raised by wolves. 
So not only was Jochebed, not only was she courageous, but she was also confident in the book of Exodus here in verse 3, chapter 2. And when she could no longer hide him, meaning Moses, her son, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. Verse 9, and Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter. Now, according to Flavius Josephus, who was a noted historian and a writer of first century Jewish history, Pharaoh's daughter, her name was Thermutus, T-H-E-R-M-U-T-U-S. That's just something in there. It's not going to be no quiz on that. And said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me. And I will give thee wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, meaning Jochebed, verse 10. And the child grew, and she brought him in unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. Now, Jochebed was a woman that was motivated by strong faith. And her faith was so strong that she named, along with her husband, she was named to God's Hall of Fame. You can read about them in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. So she needed this kind of faith because it was that faith was going to help her accomplish what she did for the Lord and what she would do ultimately for her child. Now, this child, Moses, was the third child of Jochebed and Amram. And the world was crying out for death for her son and for all of those children in Israel during that time. But this mother stood strong in the face of this attack. And she placed her son above the will of the world. And that's something for all of you as parents. You're going to have to place the well-being of your children above the will of what the world says they should be doing and what they should be. Society and school districts today, they demand that parents hand over their children and allow them to be trained and taught the ways of the world. Political correctness and all of those other things. But our children need and deserve better than that, people of God. We need parents who will teach their children the ways of God and steer them clear from the world and all of those traps that they have in place for them. It takes faith, people of God, to go against the grain and raise your children for the Lord. But I want to tell you today that God will bless you and he'll bless them too. Train up your children in the way that they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Amen, somebody. Verse 3b, and when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's bank, by the river's brink. It took faith for Jochebed to place her third child, Moses, in the river. Now. This was the same instrument that was going to be used to destroy other babies. And it took faith for her to be able to take her hands off the life of her son and leave him in the will of God. It's something when we're raising up our children and we, we give them back to the Lord and we say, Lord, 
Thank you for blessing me with this child, with our children. But Lord, you blessed us with them. And now, Lord, we're giving them back to you. And Lord, you let your will be done in their lives. It takes faith for us to let go of our children. Even when we know that day is ultimately coming. But some parents even live in denial and try to hold on to their children for too long. But the day is coming, people of God, sooner or later, when our children must be allowed to become adults. And I know the children can't wait for that day to happen. But let me tell you something, adulthood is not all it's cracked up to be. I'm looking at some kids and they're kind of looking at me and, oh, and I'm saying, look, if I were to poll, poll all of our adults here today and say, if you knew what you knew, if you knew then what you know now, would you have tried to step from infanthood right into adulthood? And I can guarantee that the majority of the answers would be an overwhelming no. It takes faith to just leave our children in the hand of God. But every child who has a praying mother, praying grandmother, praying godmother, praying aunt, praying sister, somebody, hallelujah, that will pray for them, that will raise them up, train them in what the word of the Lord says. They all will have an advantage and ultimately those are the children that will do well in life. Hallelujah. Verse 9. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. Isn't that a great story? I mean, here's Jochebed. Here she is. She's nursing her own baby, and she's getting paid to do it. That's not a bad deal, is it, parents, mothers? Well, let me ask you the question. Doesn't it pay to believe the Bible? Doesn't it pay to have vision? Well, you just ask Jochebed when you get the glory, and she'll tell you, yes, it pays. Verse 10, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called him Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. So now, after Moses had been found by Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam, who was Moses' uh, uh, older sister, and Miriam, and Jochebed, they were able to work things out to where Jochebed became the nurse for her own son. And it took great faith for her to be able to raise Moses under these conditions that they were in. And Jochebed loved Moses because he was her son. He was the baby. Her body had given him life and she nourished him and he began to grow. And her love for Moses allowed Moses to fulfill the greatest earthly destiny that had ever been designed for any Hebrew child. And because his mother loved him so much that she risked everything that she had to save him from death. And because of that, he was able to lead his people out of Egyptian slavery, destroy the armies and the power of Egypt without lifting a single sword or firing even a single arrow. Her love for her son allowed him to fulfill his God-given destiny to be a savior of his people. Yeah. Hallelujah. Allow the love that you have for your children. Allow them 
to step into their destiny. Tell them that they have a destiny that's been prepared for them from the foundation of the world through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The princess loved Moses because God put it in her heart. And there's no other reason that this pagan worshiper, this daughter of Pharaoh would adopt the son of a Hebrew slave. But her heart was moved by the plight of this helpless child, so she took him as her own son. Perhaps you are a mother, perhaps you are a parent who has taken in other children from time to time and nurtured them and reared them up and raised them up. And I say God bless you to all of you as well. So this princess, she named him Moses. The name Moses means drawn out, which refers to the fact that Moses was drawn out of the Nile River. And in effect, when I think about it, the name Moses was providential. Moses was drawn out so that he might one day draw out others, bring them out of Egypt, bring them out of slavery, and take them into the promised land. In my mind, it's really hard to, to, to escape seeing the irony of this situation. Number one, Pharaoh had to pay for the upkeep of a child that he had ordered to be murdered. <laughs> Again, this is the providence of God. This is the hand of God moving, moving and working and behind the scenes. And I want you to know that God is moving and working. The hand of God is manifesting even in your lives today. So here's just a reminder for all of us as people of God. We serve a God who is in charge of all things, not some things, but all things. He controls every event in life to accomplish his purposes in this world, people of God. Go to Psalm chapter 115, verse 3. Hallelujah. Psalm 115, verse 3. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Now Psalm 135 verse 6. Psalm 135 verse 6. Whatsoever the Lord pleased that he did, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all the deep places. Now Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 in the King James Bible. In the King James Bible. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Bring predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will, his own will. God put love for Moses in the hearts of two vastly different women. God spared Moses from certain death because he had a plan for this young child's life. And he would use Moses in such a tremendous way. But there's another reason that God spared Moses. According to Acts chapter 7, verse 19 and 20, in the King James and the Amplified Bible, which says, The same dealt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children to the end they might not live, in which time Moses was born. And was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. So the phrase exceeding fair literally means that he was fair and lovely to God. 
So God loved this child, Moses, and worked in the hearts and lives of other people, causing them to love him too. And because God loves you, children, because God loves you, parents, because God loves you, adults, he will work in the hearts and the lives of other people who might not have had uh, your, 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 your goodwill and your well-being in their hearts, but God will give you favor just when you need it. So if you were born into a family where you received love, you should rejoice today. And if you've been loved, you've been blessed beyond the shadow of a doubt. So this woman was given the opportunity to teach Moses about Jehovah and about the true worship and right living in the Hebrew tradition. She had the opportunity to do the best by her son. And you know what? We too are required to do the best by our children. All we can do is our best by our children. They need our love. They need our acceptance. They need Bible teaching. They need preaching. They need church. They need godly examples to be able to emulate. And especially, they need a personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you give your children to God and then give them all of the God that you can, then you've done the best that you can. And then they'll have a foundation from which they can grow and mature into healthy saints of God. Amen, parents. For now. But unfortunately, there are some stupid people in this world. There are some stupid parents in this world. And for those who want to be stupid parents, number one, this is how you do it. Discipline your children only when you lose your temper. Let them get away with anything until they're fed up and until you're fed up. And then in a spirit of hostility and anger, let them have it. Blow your top, holler at them, get wild, clobber them, beat them up, and really make a brawl out of all of that. And you know what? The children will get a real bang out of you too. Don't make yourself approachable. You might have to listen and reason with them. If you get too close to them, if you get too chummy with them, they're going to walk, they're going to want to talk things over with you. And who's got time to waste on kids and talking to our kids? Mm. You've got more important things to do. So if they've done wrong, don't ever let them forget it. Keep rubbing it in. And guess what? They're going to loathe you for it. Give your child all the spending money that they want. Don't make them earn it. Money in large quantities is an acceptable substitute for love. And after a while, they're only going to want your money and they wouldn't care less about you. Something like starving him on cream puffs. Compare your child with someone else to make them smarten up. Use that beautiful expression, oh, why can't you be like so-and-so? And if you do, they're going to despise you and so-and-so too. Well, if you want to be a stupid parent, mothers and fathers, then disagree in regard to the rules for your children. Children will learn to play one parent against the other. Not good. Never let your kids think for themselves. Mm. Make all the decisions for them. And if you do, they'll never be able to handle life for themselves. 
always treat your children with suspicion. Never trust those sneaky little kids because they're always up to something bad. That's how to be a stupid parent. And if they turn out well, guess what? It won't be your fault. It'll be a miracle. It will be a miracle. Jochebed poured out her life into the life of her son. Isn't that what every good mother does for their children? Amen, mothers? It's important that children give their mothers the honor they deserve. Very literally, Jochebed was raising her son so that she could give him to the Lord. That should have been the ultimate goal. That should be the ultimate goal for all of us. Our children, our grandchildren, those whom we have responsibilities over, to raise them up so that we can give them to the Lord. She gave up her son to save her nation. But you know what? She didn't realize it at that time. You are raising your children today to be heads of state, to be heads of government, to be the leaders in industry, to be leaders in business, to be people that perhaps you don't even realize yet. But just continue to do what you're doing. God gave his son Jesus for all of us, did he not? And when he did, God knew exactly what he was doing. In fact, Jesus came and died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And that was the greatest expression of love that the world would ever see, people of God. Jochebed gave her son for Israel. God gave his son for the world. Her son became a great man of God. He was the one man whom God had chosen to be the deliverer of the people of God and the one who was destined to be known as the great lawgiver of Israel. And I could imagine that Jochebed never realized his potential when he was a baby. I suppose that she lived the remainder of her life and never knew what God did in the life of her son Moses. But in her own way, Jochebed rises as high as any other mother in the Bible. And I'm sure that her reward in heaven will be great. This mother's love and sacrifice were vindicated in the way that God greatly used her son. God is going to use your children, your grandchildren, to do great things for the kingdom of God. Parents, you never know who you're raising. You could be raising a Hannah or a Mary or a Samuel. So all of that being said, just give them the best that you have while you have them, and then you turn them out to be God-fearing Men and women. Mm. Often parents think they've been successful. When their child finishes college and they say, thank God, they made it through. They made it through college. I've got them out of the house. And now they can begin to do what they learned how to do. And now they're going to make lots of money in some prestigious position. But true success can't be defined on a worldly scale. When we see our children living for and in love with the Lord, that's when we know that we have been truly successful, people of God. And I see our children who have grown into adults, hallelujah, that are in love with the Lord. And for that, you know that you are successful. I would rather raise a child 
who would have none of this world's goods or success, but who knew Jesus, than to raise a multimillionaire who would die and go to H-E double toothpicks. But I'm so glad we raised our children to be multi-millionaires, billionaires, with witty inventions to be used for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The lessons that Moses learned from his mother set the very course of his life. So it is with the children that we've been given the opportunity and the responsibility to be able to raise. We need to be able to give them something that all of the universities and schools and extracurricular activities that the world can't give them. We need to give them a love for God. So if they leave your home and they're unable to balance their checkbook, but they have a clear understanding of who God is and who the Lord Jesus Christ is, they're well ahead of all the smartest people that they ever went to school with. If they leave your home not knowing how to dance, play ball, play soccer, conjugate a verb, solve long division problems or multiplication fractions. But if they leave knowing that the Bible is the word of God and Jesus is a friend of sinners and that God loves them, they are far, far better off than their peers who learn nothing of God from their parents. Hallelujah. So why am I saying all of this? In the culture in which we live, parents, parents want their children to have more than they did. Amen, parents? Amen. Single parents, married, whomever you may be, we want them to have a better education. We want them to have a better home. We want them to have a better life. We want them to do better in life. What we should want more is that they have a deep, personal, abiding relationship with our Heavenly Father God. What we should be doing is we should be doing everything in our power to cultivate their love for God. We should pray with them, pray for them. We should read the Bible with them. We should talk to them. We should take them to church faithfully, even when they don't want to go. We should see to it that they are involved in the programs and the activities of the church. We should see to it that our personal walk our testimony, and that our life matches our profession of faith in Jesus. We should be real for God in front of our children. And more than anything, people, we should give our children Jesus Christ and him crucified, resurrected, and raised from the dead. So as I close out, Yochebed stands, even after all of these years, as a true portrait of a godly mother, she stands as a true portrait of an honorable mother. I wonder how we parents stack up against her this morning. Hallelujah. Mm. I wonder how your life stacks up to the life of Yochebed. Hallelujah. And I'm encouraging all of you today, parents, mothers, fathers, to follow the pattern of Yochebed and ask God to give you a vision for your children. Even if other people think that your child is ordinary or not all that special, in God's sight, your child has a wonderful, huge, important, unique calling in life. Ask God to show you a portion of what you should do. Ask God for his wisdom. 
Immerse yourself in the word of God. Believe the word of God. Act on the word of God concerning your children in faith and by faith. And don't be surprised if you just happen to raise up a hero of the faith like Yochebed did. If you were blessed to have a good, godly mother, you should thank God for that today, people of God. If your mother was not what she should have been, ask the Lord to help you overcome her negative influence and help you to be a better person than she was. Hallelujah. If your mother is alive today, you should confirm your love for your mother. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.